Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, to infinity and beyond. Nate Shelton, Mission Log, Stardate 0613. After seeing Lightyear and IMAX, our full spoiler-free review is a go. As always, I want to thank our own Star Command and our friends at Disney Studios Canada for giving us the opportunity to see this movie early for review. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Uh, before we get started, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Uh, now, of course, I could not explore this sector of the Gamma Quadrant alone. I need my fellow Space Ranger, Lieutenant Justin Lawrence. Welcome in. How you doing, bud? Hello, Ranger. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little upset that uh, Star Command is not responding. I don't understand what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Classic Star Command. Always ignoring their, their post. Right? It's just like, what is the what is even the deal? Why do I even make these mission logs in the first place? <laughs> yeah, um, no one's listening to the man. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently. Listen, if you're if you are listening, we'll tell you how you can reach us later on in the in the Please podcast. Please let but us I'm, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're we're you know, I'm 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 a, personally, as you can probably tell listening to this, I'm a little under the weather, uh, but I am still feeling pretty amped and and pretty happy with uh with what we saw in this movie. Uh, and what we got to what we got to do after seeing the movie, um, you know, before we blast into this review, uh, I want to remind everyone listening that our interviews with director Angus McLean uh, and producer Galen Sussman, as well as composer Michael Giacchino, are up now on podcast services and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. So definitely go check those out. I think, you know, we had a blast doing them. It was so incredible to get to chat with these incredible people who who crafted this movie, I think. Is is fair to say? Absolutely. I think that they 100% are the crafters of the movie. There's so many different facets that go into a movie like this. But, you know, when you think of head of departments and, and the heads that are, are kind of leading the charge to make sure that the best possible product is on the screen, these three are definitely huge parts of, of that craft. And we learned so much from, from those interviews and we learned so much from the press conference, yet I still would love to talk to a cinematographer about some of the stunning, absolutely stunning visuals, an absolute highlight um, so there's just so much love that went into this movie and, and you, you can feel it right on the screen. So, and we'll, we'll definitely get into, into all of that. Uh, but first a little bit about the movie itself. Um, description is uh, a sci-fi action adventure and the definitive origin story of Buzz Lightyear, the hero who inspired the toy Lightyear follows the legendary space ranger on an intergalactic adventure alongside a group of ambitious recruits and his robot companion socks. Lightyear stars Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Son, Uzo Aduba, James Brolin, Mary McDonald Lewis, Efren Ramirez, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh, and is directed by Angus McLean and produced by Galen Sussman, and is in theaters and in IMAX this Friday, June 17th. Uh, so, Justin, let's get right to this. I think one of the takeaways, um, we had the opportunity to attend a, a couple of press conferences uh, about this movie. And one of the mm -hmm. takeaways I got from Angus McLean was really it, it felt like their North Star was to make sure this movie was fun. And I think I can attest with multiple giant ear to ear smiles during this movie 
they nailed that. <laughs> this movie oh, was fun. 100%. Yeah, and it, it feels like what it is very much pitched as, a sci-fi action-adventure movie with the character of Buzz Lightyear at the center of it. It, it. it totally knows what it's it wants to be. You know, we talk about movies dripping with confidence, and, and this yeah. definitely has the confidence of knowing that it is a sci-fi movie that is to sort of elevate the existing character that we know and love of Buzz Lightyear to action superstar, right? It it, it very much is is meant to define the toy. But I I think, you know, I, I didn't I didn't quite get that from the marketing uh, initially. I felt like um you know going into the movie I didn't really know what to fully expect uh, out of like the beyond the fact that yes this is about the the man behind the toy or whatever but the opening text for this movie it starts off with some really wonderful opening text. I love that this movie was it just really was the movie that Andy watched in 1995. I think it, it's mm-hmm. it's such a smart way to instantly set us up for the story that we got. And it immediately right. kind of just sort of, I think, puts you into that world to almost make you feel like, oh, so now, you know, us watching all of this, we're, we're literally watching a movie that was from Andy's world. It's super cool. Yeah, it sets up the, 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 the parameters, if you will, of how to look at this movie and understand it, right? Because I think even in the press conference, they were having a little bit of a, a debate back and forth if, yeah. if, if this movie was live action in the Toy Story world or if it was animated as, as we see it here in the real world. And they came to the conclusion in the press conference that it would be live action that that in, right. in the toy story world this lightyear movie would have been a live action movie but then they would then be 3d in the, live action it, right in the movie the movie because they made so their the their actually yeah they made the movie so they're they've just canonized themselves into the, <laughs> into the toys toy story universe it's a very it's a very interesting concept of uh, yeah. and it's kind of gives you a bit of time displacement but that being said it's uh it's clear that, you know, they knew what they wanted to do with this movie from a visual standpoint and a narrative standpoint, and, and they achieved it. And, and very much like you said, you're smiling throughout this movie. It's it's pure enjoyment from start to finish. Well, and, and kind of going off of that, I, you know, I, I got to say, as far as again, and we, we keep talking about IMAX and I honestly, Pixar cannot be stopped on this trajectory of giving us movies that look better and better and better. And they've always been pioneers of the industry, but I honestly don't feel like it's hyperbole to say that this movie, with what it's doing and the way it's shot and the way it's made for IMAX, and yes, I said the way it's shot, I know it's an animated movie. I just, it's stunning and it's 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 nuts. And especially when we're, you know, there's moments where we're flying through hyperspace or hyperspeed in this movie and it goes full screen IMAX, and to me, it felt like I was on a ride at Disney, like having recently just been to Disney, like it felt like Soarin' or it felt like Smuggler's Run. Like it it was thrilling to be in this theater for for so many moments uh, flying through space with Buzz. It was it was fantastic. Absolutely. I think the IMAX experience really does embrace to infinity and beyond because this technology is just it elevates this entire movie to help imagine the scope of animated movies kind of on the same level as IMAX. Personally, I've only ever seen IMAX in live action and I've never experienced it on this scale in in animation. The fact that there was the attentiveness of wanting to shoot specific moments in IMAX and how that fits narratively 
uh, into the story. Like I mentioned in the in the interview, I said thank you for for finding a way to blend between IMAX and and non IMAX footage because sometimes that can be very jarring. And here it's so masterfully done in in the way that it, it's actually it's a part of the story, if you will. Obviously, no spoilers, but there's a great moment where we see something fall from the sky, and that is the transition from non IMAX to IMAX footage and it just fills the screen immediately. So it feels intentional, it feels purposeful. It's not necessarily just a chunk or a small portion. It's large sections that suddenly you're just almost hugged in the footage because IMAX has very much a curvature to it with through width and, and height, but it's almost like it's hugging you in, in a lot of ways, these visuals, just, just to really, again, I know it sounds generic, to immerse you. Now, I wish I could have said that on my interview rather than what I, like, rambled at the end there. But <laughs> I was I was pretty you frantic to close up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, and, and I, I, you know, you mentioned it uh, earlier in the review that about the idea of talking to a cinematographer for this movie. I mean, again, we're, we're talking about a, an animated movie, but this is very much the way that the movie was made in the sense of like the 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 footage that they got in a in a way the the bouquet the the blocking the the way that they just sort of got the movie to look so incredibly realistic while still having that Pixar charm and that Pixar look to it um i think it's just so so much fun and it it's really cool the fact that you know we're able to see Pixar go beyond you know, into these different styles and that this is just one of those styles. Um, I'm so stoked to see what, what they do next with, with IMAX this next. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Because like this, this makes Pixar bigger just on the grand scale and scope of what it's, what it's trying to achieve with its visuals. Like, you know, again, it, it like you said, it elevated it beyond anything that we could have anticipated in terms of uh, visuals. I also wanted to call out, you know, we, I got a chance to talk to one of my um, composing heroes, I would say, Michael Giacchino. Uh, and he was very clear during our interview that none of the original character themes or music by Randy Newman was actually brought over, even though I right. kind of thought it was. Yeah, you um, did. But, he was, but he, was, he was also really happy, you know, when, when I told him that it felt like the spirit of that original music was felt. And you totally can hear it. You've got the military drums, the strings, the big brass, and a lot of it sounding you know, similar to, especially like the intro to Buzz Lightyear. I, I went, I, dun, dun, I watched dun, 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 uh, dun, dun, the documentary, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it sort of yeah. shows the first moments of seeing Buzz and you definitely can hear it in this movie. Um, it also had Star Wars moments in the score as well for a 100%. lot of the bigger moments. And then it has those light, sad, very soft Pixar strings that come in in the piano. Mm. And it's just, it's a really lovely score. Nice I can't wait to hear more of it again but um yeah it really did add quite a bit to the movie i feel like the music very much complemented what the movie was meant to do as well in the capacity of have big booming actions but also these heartfelt sincere moments that that do connect to to the audience and the music is obviously very much as 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 you as you were kind of discussing with michael that it is so central to those emotions that we experience as yep. humans and and i think that that again in this film that is so much felt from a narrative and visual standpoint right into music. So you get this beautiful mixture of all of it coming together to help ground this in what makes Pixar so special. And it's that heartfelt human connection that this movie has with, with wanting to humanize Buzz Lightyear. I will say, though, for those who have listened to our podcast before and know, know about my 
previous history of crying while watching, uh, especially Pixar movies. I will say no sobbing in this movie. I'm a little disappointed to say no sobbing, no no crazy, you know, tears flowing. Uh, but I did definitely, I got a little choked up. There was a moment where I got a little choked up, a little teary-eyed uh, from a really sad moment in this movie. But no, no full-on tears like in previous Pixar movies. So I got to say that was, for me, that was a little bit... Uh, disappointing. I love a guy. Love to cry while I watch a Pixar movie. It's almost like an expectation for me at this point. But um, but no, it definitely you can still feel a lot of the emotions uh, in this movie for sure. I also wanted to uh, bring up. Uh, let's talk about Chris Evans. I think he, you oh, know, yeah. for the second he's on screen, the second he starts talking, he is Buzz Lightyear. He got the mm-hmm. same. Um, you know, very much hitting the exact voice that made the idea of of sort of a toy based on him with Tim Allen's voice, like work. Like it, it, it's it's funny how going into he this, reverse you, engineered you, it probably. Yeah, right. right? He kind of almost yeah. went the other way, and and it's cool. The writing for his character is great. He's obviously a little more serious. He's a little uh, smarter than than the toy of Buzz Lightyear because the toy of Buzz Lightyear really only knew what was on the back of his box. He didn't know anything beyond that. For sure. And so yeah. this is obviously you you can tell immediately like this guy's a professional, but he's also not without his flaws. And I think the movie does a really good job of highlighting that. Absolutely. I think this entire movie is an exploration of the. Those flaws and and that's the character study piece to Lightyear is is exploring that um, and and through the through the cast of characters that we meet. But sticking with Chris Evans right now, I think his performance was flawless and in many ways his performance served as the subtle callbacks to the original Toy Story in the smallest ways. Whether it be yeah. the way a line is delivered, the way he expresses, the way he emotes uh, something in his in his line delivery, those moments felt as you as you described the reversed engineer of of Tim Allen's voice for this toy, right? He was defining who was the original voice that gave Tim that voice. So he probably tempered it down a little bit, but still had the right amount to know when he was going to hit, you know, those expressions that inherently are Buzz Lightyear. So I think he did a great job of defining the character. He made it his own. I also wanted to talk about the, the scene stealer, uh, I think of the movie Socks. Peter Stone, <laughs> yeah. Peter Stone, who who's actually believe it or not directing the next Pixar movie, Elemental. Oh, I believe um, it. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked, and and he totally stole the show as Socks. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> I think the dry, like sort of AI type humor. It actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Doug from Up at times, with just sort of very, sometimes very, kind of yes. a lot of stuff went over his head, and it was very robotic. Um, but he's he's just he's more calculated, I think, than Doug is. He's quicker. He's sharper. He's much more useful than than Doug is. I, I hate to say it. I love Doug, but um, I just think it, he, he's such a fun little character. He's chock full of surprises, and I guarantee Disney is going to milk the crap out of this character, and rightly so. <laughs> if they're going to milk it, you know, it better make sense. You know what I mean? Like well, I, do... I mean, when I say milk it, I, I mostly mean for merchandise purposes. Like, I think there's going to be a million socks products. In the next year, well, I think he's going to be a hot toy. Um, I think he's going to be really, really, you know, we're going to get the expensive robots, the 900 plushies, and I hope some sock socks. I think I've been I've been calling for sock socks. I want some sock socks. <laughs> just, I, I wonder if it. they I wonder if there's an opportunity to tell more uh, stories with his character 
you know, yeah, like shorts. I'm shorts. sure we'll get yeah. a short with him, a hundred percent. I have an idea um, for it, but it's spoiler esque, so oh. I, won't, I won't share. I well, listen, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it offline, and then we'll maybe we'll call up uh, Angus McLean and because he's a friend now, so we'll get him back on the <laughs> podcast and talk to him. There. Anyone who anyone um, who's been on the show is a friend, of course. Of man. course, uh, of course, that's how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also got a lot of wonderful character growth, I think, from uh, Kiki Palmer's character of Izzy. Um, I think she was she was great. I think she challenged Buzz throughout the movie to think differently and to work together. And I think she was one of the the standouts. I think from our our three supporting cast uh, for sure. A hundred percent. I think I think for Buzz, she was the catalyst to understand how he needed to change. Given that Izzy, played by Kiki Palmer, is so inexperienced. Uh, and is is a little bit rough around the edges. I think Buzz and always wanting to be the the, the leader and take charge. I think it's it's interesting. She very much sets up the dilemma for his character to have to overcome and realize that these comrades are there to to help him. Something that's very human that we can connect to. So fighting our fears, trusting those around us. You know, being yeah. stronger together rather than apart. Like those are all layered into this story. And I think really through Buzz and and uh, uh, Izzy, you really do see that explored. Totally, and I think we, I think we get a little bit of that from the rest of our supporting cast. Um, but I just, for me, I felt as though they, the other two um, characters of Mo Morrison, played by Taika Waititi, and Darby Steele, played by uh, Dale Souls, I, I felt like they were a, l- a little bit underutilized, or just maybe not as memorable the way that they were written. Um, I think. You know, a lot of the laughs we got were from Socks, and then there was like a, a great running joke with Taika Waititi's character um, that I won't spoil, but is a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. other than that, it just felt like, like I, I feel like, especially from Pixar, I expect with a, a such a sh- small cast like this for them to be very memorable and for for like all the characters to sort of feel. Um, just as fleshed out, and I get it. The movie's called Lightyear, but but even with Izzy, like we got a really dope character arc. I just you know for a larger cast like in Toy Story Four, I think it's excusable that a lot of your you know additional cast is sort of not there for a lot of the movie, or, or, or it's not that they're not there for a lot of the movie, but but they're not they're not utilized integral. as good as they're I not think integral they to be. the story. I, right? I, Correct. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think. I yeah. think. That often is the dilemma with these sort of large world stories. You know, certain characters kind of get pushed to the sides while, you know, the story stays focused on on its core characters. And, you know, while we do get we do meet this sort of ragtag group, it never loses its focus that the story is on buzz. I think for me, though, the problem really comes up, though, with um, Mm -hmm. I think it's some of the other elements outside of it, even the threat that just kind of kind of questioning some things. I think that's where yeah. it kind of fell short for me. Like, I don't think it ever lost its heart because it knew what it was trying to say about these characters. I just totally I don't know. if I don't think the threat itself was actually really flushed out as much as it could have been. No, I, I completely get that. And I think again, like and it, it's it's interesting with Pixar, like it's the bar is set so high for these stories that it's it, it you know, even if it even if it dips a little bit um it can feel a little jarring at times and i think that's definitely felt um in the i think in the middle of the movie more than anything for me i think you know it's a great classic sci-fi story it's got some standout moments there's a lot of homage to classic sci-fi movies and 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 uh, as we said the moral themes really come across like you'd expect in a pixar movie but i found that the the plot gets a little muddled and especially repetitive uh in the middle of the movie and then we sort of get this rush to the finish at the end 
and and that was the only thing That's that true. like I I actually noticed. Like normally I don't, especially with Pixar movies, it's like I don't notice it, but I did notice it here. I think I was willing to look past it just because of how much I was smiling, and again the visuals and and the nostalgic feeling. But I do I did feel like the the sort of the middle section and then the very ending was a, a little just not as tight knit as I'm I'm used to uh, with Pixar. Um, but I will say I still had such a blast. It was still so much fun. It's still a Toy Story. You know, if you're a Toy Story fan, you're still gonna love it so much and the consistent callbacks and there's a hype moment that I won't spoil at the end of this movie that just Justin and I were like about to stand up and start cheering uh, when this moment happens and you will oh, yeah. too um, yeah. so so yes uh, really really dope stuff um, and there are keep in mind just so you're aware there are three after credit scenes in this movie two of them I don't think are <laughs> that integral but uh, definitely stick around for all three because um, there's three of them and and it also lets you appreciate all the wonderful people in the credits who uh, who made this movie uh, but Justin let's uh, let's get to our overall thoughts and rating uh, for for this uh, this review uh, which we're gonna be doing on a scale of one to five personal companion robots uh, Justin why don't you kick us off yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I this you know again we've been saying it as we've been going through our discussion, but you know this is Pixar's first sci-fi action adventure that really is meant to define the man behind the toy. You know, while Tim Allen is is forever Buzz Lightyear uh, from from the Toy Story that we know and love, Chris Evans has defined this character with his own voice flawlessly, and as I was mentioning, in many ways. His performance feels like the subtle callbacks to the original Toy Story that feel you know, meaningful to the audience to kind of get rather than anything that's purposeful to the story, right? Because the story is about Buzz Lightyear, the Space Ranger. Um, the entire cast of characters, as we were talking about, are fantastic. Um, some maybe underutilized and others. Uh, I really enjoyed how it, they all come together in the end to really show off their own strengths and you know socks as we were saying absolutely adorable and the most honest companion robot um well i do have some issues with the narrative pacing and how things are, are justified if you will i think the action adventure quality with the outstanding visuals all held together by pixar's ability to have a heartfelt story around overcoming fears kind of living the moment in the moment uh, i think this is what really is going to make this movie a success is that it doesn't lose its scope on on what it is trying to say about Lightyear, um, even though the things around it might not necessarily feel as justified or as or as explained. IMAX visuals for this movie again, incredible, absolutely stunning. They will literally propel you to infinity and beyond. I, I know it's a cheesy <laughs> thing. I'm gonna say yeah. it, but it, it I, honestly, I, I thought it was the best realization of how to put that term, that definitive term of what describes Lightyear into the movie beyond just, you know, that's their thing that they do. The visuals really do transport you and they are, are, are so stunning. So on that merit alone, given anything that I've, I've, I've had problems with, you know, I'm giving this movie a 4.5 out of 5 personal companion robots because it wrapped me in in some starry, starry skies and made me just kind of <laughs> gasp. And then all while really caring about the character of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's I think that's a win. That's 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 a total success. Absolutely. So bravo. Yeah. Yeah. This 
like again, I, I think although I was excited when I saw it announced back in 2020 at the Disney Investors Day Day conference, I just I, I as I said, I wasn't sure, you know, what it was or how it would work and this movie took a story that seemed like it wouldn't work and made an entire movie out of it, and it was delightful. Um, it's fun, it's action-packed, and and as we keep saying, just go see it in IMAX. It's it's visually stunning. I don't understand how Pixar keeps elevating, and, and they're pioneers, as I said, in this industry. They are just continuously moving forward, making this stuff look better and better and better, and I can't wait to see what's next from them. Um, and I think... You know, you're gonna feel like you're flying through space while watching this movie. Uh, you know, it's, sure. it's 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 just as you said, it's so uh, engrossing and it it really pulls you in. Uh, the music, again, as we said, elevates every single emotion felt throughout the movie, and it includes its own memorable themes while still feeling very Toy Story at the same time, or very Pixar as well. Um, the plot is a great combination of uh, you know other sci-fi movies and pays respects to them. Well, I still think it works as a movie centered around Buzz Lightyear at the same time. Um, it doesn't sort of feel like you know cut and paste space movie. It really does still feel like a Buzz Lightyear adventure and. The voice cast, as we said, all of them are, are excellent um, in in terms of what I think Taika and Dale Souls had to work with. I don't think they got as much. They were saying during the press conference that they they weren't really given any leeway to ad lib. Um, if you don't know, this movie was recorded. They recorded this separately, so they weren't ever in the same studio uh, to the point where Kiki Palmer even mentioned on the red carpet that she had never met. Uh, Chris Evans until that night. Um, so, so it, you know, it, it. I can only imagine how difficult it is. You when you watch the movie, you can't tell that they're they they weren't next to each other. That's how good of voice actors they are. However, there's not that sort of, I think, riffing that one would expect from from Taika Waititi or even Dale Soul's character of Darby. I think there could have been a little bit more of that. And I think the jokes. Because of that, not all of them landed nearly as well as a lot of the surprise moments that we got with Socks. I think Socks is a, is the standout of this of this uh, these side characters, um, and I, and while it spins its wheels a little bit too much in the middle and isn't as tight as other stories we've gotten from the studio, I think Angus McLean, Galen Sussman, and the team of Pixar have delivered a space epic that ultimately is just, again, a ton of fun. Go watch it in IMAX at least once. I'm going to go see it probably in IMAX again if I can uh, at some point. Um, overall, this isn't my favorite Pixar movie, but it's Pixar. And so when it's Pixar, I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars and Marvel for us. We're not going to be too upset with whatever they make. Um, so yes, I'm again, even though I have a little bit of the problems with it, I was going to give this movie a four. But the visuals and the IMAX experience brought it up to a 4.5 for me. Uh, and I think that that you know definitely means you, you need to see it in IMAX. So four and a half out of five personal companion robots. Well, that's it. We hope you enjoyed this review for Disney and Pixar's Lightyear. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on Lightyear, uh, was it your favorite Pixar movie, just like it was Andy's favorite Pixar movie? Which brings up the question, Justin, do you think there is there a I guess that means Pixar is in Andy's world like Pixar is canon if they made this movie. 
I'm think so confused. That's safe to say, yeah, it's it's a head scratcher, man. It's a head scratcher. <laughs> well, before before we get any more uh, confused, Justin, can you let our listeners know how they can reach us? Of course. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes, including the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our aforementioned interview with director Angus McLean and producer Galen Sussman, uh, as well as uh, our interview with composer Michael Giacchino up right now, uh, again, both on podcast services and on YouTube. Uh, as well, we also have our interview with Miss Marvel directors, Dylan Bilal, uh, who direct episodes one and six of that show. Um, so definitely check that one out as well. We have our spoiler-filled review for The Boys Season 3 episodes one to three and we currently have our watch clubs for both miss marvel and obi-wan well underway with new episodes breaking down every moment filled with speculation dropping every friday uh and finally we also have our this week in geek episodes every single wednesday where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions uh with our latest episode where justin Darcy and I, uh, we we had the chance to sit down and we talked about all the wonderful things revealed at Star Wars Celebration, uh, and we even discussed trailers that haven't even been released yet. So if you want to go and, and hear the the details, the secrets, um, definitely go check that episode out. Uh, go give those episodes a listen and a five star review if you don't mind. Lieutenant Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this review. And as we say, love ya, peace to infinity and beyond.